everyone. Ryan's going to get the stool for me because I'm on my third cup of coffee today. So I'm like, is this dizziness from the Holy Spirit? No, it's caffeine. So <laughs> let, me, uh, let me pray. <clears throat> Jesus, Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you are here. Where I am weak, you are strong. And so we, we know that we can do nothing apart from you. And I just pray right now, God, that um, you draw your people to yourself today. That we would all just fall a little bit more in love with you. Yeah, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. You're welcome here. You're welcome here. We want you here. Our minds, our hearts, all of our strength, Lord God, we love you and we invite you. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's kind of funny. Um, I felt like the Lord spoke to me um, before I even knew what day it was, uh, I've been kind of busy taking care of my kids. I took them out of school a couple weeks early because we had some things happen in our school. And so, to be honest with you all, I've been not super prayed up and not super in the spirit. I've been super mom mode, which is running around, doing stuff. And so, when I finally engaged the Lord, um, I said, Lord... I really don't want to speak on Sunday. Can you let Ryan do it? <laughs> and then I felt like the Lord was like, well, just ask me what you want me to talk about, what, what I want you to talk about. And I said, okay. So I said, so Lord, what do you want me to talk about? And he said, I want you to talk about my presence. And then lo and behold, um, I met with Joy and Steve today and, and uh, they're like, oh yeah, today's Pentecost Sunday. And so, happy Pentecost Sunday, everybody. For those of you guys who do not know, Pentecost Sunday is a day that the worldwide church celebrates um, as the moment that the, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, fell on the apostles after Jesus rose, on, yeah, after Jesus rose again. And it is historically the day that the church celebrates as being the beginning of the historical Christian church. And so it's a really special day, and it's a day where we get to celebrate the presence of the Lord coming. I, um, I was sitting in my attic, you know, getting ready to, to preach, and I was just sitting there, and I looked around. For, guys, for those of you guys who don't know, so our house has a lot of floors, and I feel like the kids kind of own every floor, right? But there's this small little space called my attic, and it is my mom cave. The kids are not allowed to go in there, and I go up there, and it's my space. I don't have to be clean. I don't have to have everything in order. And I just sat there, and I looked all around, and there's stacks of books and papers everywhere and stuffed animals and bags that haven't been put away. 
And I realized, I was like, I love my attic. It's the only place where I do not have to clean up, where I don't have to wonder if Ryan's going to think I'm a slob. It's the only place where I'm like, God, here I am. I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to sit here, and I'm just going to be with you. Where I feel like, ah, this is me as I am, and I just want to be with you as you are. I want to talk a little bit about two different types of the presence of God. There's this part of the presence of God like the one I just described. It's called kind of like the still small voice. It's where there's a passage that talks about when you're a believer, there's an indwelling of the Holy Spirit that comes. He lives in each and every one of us. Where If you're a person who knows the Lord, there is a home. Your body is his home, and he lives there. And whether you're busy or you're doing whatever, he's there. This is the omnipresence of God. What that means is he is there always, everywhere, just whether or not you feel him, he is there. All the time. And God's omnipresence applies to each person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, And the fact that God is omnipresent may or may not result in a special experience in your heart. However, there's this other thing called the manifest presence of God. And this is different. The manifest presence of God is when he actually manifests in a tangible, experiential, interactive way. The Bible records that each person of the Trinity has made himself manifestly present in the lives of certain individuals. God the Father spoke to Moses in a burning bush in Exodus 3. God had been with Moses all along, but then he chose to manifest himself, and his presence came down and interacted with Moses. The Son manifested himself incarnationally in our presence. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's what it says in John 1. And then the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 came upon the believers. And it was something you could actually see, touch, feel, Even people who did not believe in it could see it. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues in other tongues, as the Spirit enabled them. And the result of the manifest presence of God in the lives of the disciples 
was that the world was turned upside down. So there's this place that Ryan and I like to go. Recently we went there. We were in on a kind of a mini sporadic uh, family trip. We like to go up to Reading. And um, I'll tell you why. So when we come here, we're usually, this is our place of family, but is also our place of occupation. And we work, right? We like to go up there on our times off because we go. And there's this, I'll, I'll use a pretty hyper-spiritual word, thing called an open heaven that I feel like exists there. You drive up their driveway, and all of a sudden, a peace kind of starts to descend. And I don't know what it is, but all of a sudden, the noise that I feel starts to settle. And I feel like my faith starts to increase. And all of a sudden, when I think about the fact that I have a headache, my first inclination is not to go buy, there's nothing wrong with this, by the way, go buy Tylenol. My first inclination is, someone pray for me. I walk into the sanctuary, and they're worshiping. And I feel like the Lord is so pleased why? It's not because there's miracles happening or anything, but I can feel in the air the worship and people as they're singing, genuinely saying, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we lavish our praise upon you. I can feel it oozing in the air. We love you. We love you. We love you. We're here because we believe that you're so real. You're not a figment of our imagination. You're not, you're not one of many choices out there for real religion. But for us, you are real. And we expect that you're going to show up. Recently, we've been... Um, We've made some friends with some people who do not know the Lord, pretty close friends. And we kind of just have conversations. And I think if for those of you guys who don't know the Lord, this is probably a common experience. You just like to talk about ideas. And we just kind of back and forth pat around ideas about why God could be real, is not real, or whatnot. And they ask us questions. And I realized my answer to everything nowadays 20 years later is usually something to the degree of he's a real person that I had a conversation with and he did something. Right? There's this passage in 2 Corinthians where it talks about the power of God coming that a lot of times we want to share the gospel through wise and persuasive words. But there's this thing that happens when the power and the presence of God comes and it wipes away the necessity for that.
And I realized, like, man, I'm at a place in life where I'm tired of arguments. I'm tired of debates, of things having to make sense. I like things to be neat and tidy and logical, but then there's something about when you meet the power of the Holy Spirit that makes that not super important. I remember when I was a student, before I even knew what any of this was, before I'd read scriptures about it, um, I was just kind of hungry for the Lord, and we were a group of 12 kids that were still in college, and we're just, you know, strum, one of the people who knew how to strum a guitar was just strumming a guitar, not super, you know, like, they're not like Steve and Joy up here who are like 12 years of, uh, 14 years of refinement and practice, and you know, it's just, just some kids. And we just prayed. They weren't fancy prayers. We didn't know what it meant when the baptism of the Holy Spirit came, but we're like, hey, it says here that if you ask, it'll come. And so we're like, okay, how about it? And I remember the first time that that happened to me, it was, you know, after two or three hours of just sitting and worshiping, and um, we asked, and I asked someone to pray for me. I was actually Sarah Yang. For those of you guys who don't know, she's one of the co-founders at the Ark, um, and we were friends back then. And she laid hands on me. I had no expectation, and all of a sudden, my body started to shake, and I fell full on all the way backwards and immediately in my mind I could see all the nations of the world I could see the city of Berkeley shaken and I started just uttering sounds that I didn't understand or or know what they were they were tongues at the time I didn't know what they were but as I was saying those things and uttering those things I could see my mind was taken to different countries and they'd sound like different languages from those different places it was the first time nobody told me that that's what it could be like and I was such a control freak back then I love things being tied up in a bow making sense and I remember this happening and going on for hours and hours and hours. And it wasn't until maybe six in the morning that I felt like I could actually even physically move because the presence of the Holy Spirit was so heavy. You, I couldn't even get up off the floor. And then after that, every time we'd... I remember it changed my life, but after that, every time we'd meet... And every time we prayed, there was something in my spirit. And it was like, is that going to happen again? Can that happen again? Can that happen to someone else? Why didn't anyone tell me that this could happen? How can we have this happen for other people? In Deuteronomy 4.29, it says, But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and all your soul. 
Proverbs 8:17 says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Matthew 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who receives and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open. Ryan and I were talking, we're like, well, how do you make people hungry? How do you get people to want this? Truthfully, I don't know, but I know it starts with asking. Before the presence of the Lord came and the Holy Spirit came, we just really, really enjoyed worshiping him. If we go to the Lord and we seek the Holy Spirit because we want it to look a certain way, sometimes I don't believe that that's the right way to go about it. But what the Lord loves is people who are like, I don't care how he's going to show up. I just know he will. I just know that I love him and that right now the most important thing in my life, the thing that I want to do most is feel him and know and tell him how much he matters to me. And that there really is nothing better than sitting with this person. And when you do that, you're like, man, I am so convinced that you are actually that nice and that good. And I just want to tell you that all the time. I remember when I first started dating Ryan, right? Every person, and I'm not really like this. I'm like, I finally be, I became like this with him, and I became like this with my kids, right? There are people who post pictures of their kids on Instagram all the time and there are these people who start dating other people and they would always talk about them I would never understand right but then all of a sudden I met this guy this redheaded dude you know you might know him and and I'd be sitting with Nancy and I just like find ways where I just want to talk about him I just like oh yeah and then there's this thing and we did this thing and then you know then I'm talking to someone else who probably doesn't care at all. And I'm like, oh, and McKenna and Kylie, you know, they do this thing. And let me just tell you about them. And it's just because I'm so enraptured with who they are. I took them out of, like I said, I took them out of school three weeks early because there was this thing that happened at their school. And I'm exhausted, right? But I don't know what it is. Every morning I'm like, but I get to be with the two cutest people on the face of the planet. Like, all the time. I don't know what it is. I just love your face. When you laugh, I don't know what it is, but I just love the sound of it. And when I, when I want to, I just want to tell everybody, this is how McKenna's different, and this is how Kylie's different, and this is what they're like, and this is what they, how they think about things. And I feel like that invites the Lord when you talk and think about him like that and you're like I'm going to come to church and I want to worship him it's not because I want him to do something for me it's like man God you really are that amazing there's nobody else's opinion that matters more man I just want to tell you over and over and over again that you are the solution to my problems I don't know how but you really are that amazing God my limitation for you is just based on my mind but there's so much more you can do there's so many more ways that you can show up every idea that I have of how you can change the world I haven't even been able to think of or imagine yet but you have And as we just shower him with our praises, our desires, God, I just want to see more of you. 
when I'm, when I'm with my kids, right, and I do, when Ryan is usually the one who does this, but I have my moments where I say something or do something very funny, right? And then they're like, do it again. And I'm like, okay, we'll do it again. Do it again. And then we do it, and I'm like, is this God, have this, this is, this hasn't gotten old, but every time they encounter something, it makes them hungrier. It makes them want it more. That's how it is with the Lord. If you want to know how you start to see the Lord, you celebrate. You go, oh, that was you. You showed up. Do it again. I want more. And each time, don't be afraid. You're like, oh, I'm going to get tired of this. I'm going to get callous. No. When it's really God, hunger begets more hunger. There's no way that you encounter the real, active, living God and you don't want more. You're like, Oh my gosh, I prayed and that person got healed. I don't know what it was, but when I walked into that place and I like, and I stood there in worship, all of a sudden my worries went away. I've got to go there again. And what I feel like the Lord is welcoming us into, I want us to be a church, a people that know what his presence feels like. Because he's a real person, right? He actually does have a way he feels, a way he engages with us. Where we're like, man, I can feel when he's manifest there. Yes, he's always there. But there are places and ways that we can engage where we are more tapped in to the manifest presence. There's a way where we can welcome and invite that to increase. There are ways where we can start to see more miracles because we're like, yes, we're stewarding that. Even Jesus in Luke 2 says uh, he wants to grow in favor with God. Jesus himself who was God. If he says that he wants to grow in favor with God, what does that mean? There's a way that we can please him. The Bible talks about how faith pleases him. And there's a way where when we engage him and when we're saying, God, I want to grow in favor with you. How do we grow in favor? We steward what we have. We celebrate it. We keep asking for more. We keep saying, oh, I loved that. I think there's more in you. Not in an ungrateful way like we're displeased and, and everything, but God, if you made the world... If you just spoke and humanity came to life, if when you come, the stars burst, then how much more if you interact with me? How much more if I start to feel like you really are the solution to everything? There's a way the world tells us they're like, let's have great discussions. Let's just pick things apart. There's nothing wrong with using your mind. But there is nothing that beats the power of God coming on a situation and blowing your mind. Nothing. That person that you're like, man, I really wish they'd come to know me, takes a couple of dreams, a couple of Holy Spirit moments, and they're like, whoa, I've got to deal with my experience. I remember when I was 18, I wasn't a Christian yet. My high school teacher invited me. He wasn't my high school teacher anymore because I was in college. He was a, a youth group leader, and he said, hey, how about you come with me to a Billy Graham crusade event? 
At that time, I didn't know who Billy Graham was. Um, and I was just like, okay, some charlatan, you know, some televangelist man, old guy. And I said, okay, I'm going to go. And all of a sudden, when I was there, he talked. And I don't even remember what he said. It wasn't very interesting. But all of a sudden, they said, who wants Jesus? And all of a sudden, bam, my heart started beating out of my chest. My head started to swirl. My hands started to sweat. I'm like, I don't know what this is. But something's telling me I need to respond. The presence of God, the power of the Holy Spirit at that time moved on me before I had a name for it. But I was hungry, and he knew that. And so I went, and I said, I don't know what it is, but I really feel like I'm supposed to do whatever it is that you're telling everybody to come down here to do. And so they prayed, and the woman was, like, weeping. I was like, you're such a freak, right? <laughs> it's so weird. And I'm like, why are you crying? But what I did when I, after I left, I was like, something crazy happened to me. I have no explanation for it. But it happened at a Christian event. So I'm going to go and ask the Christian God. <laughs> so what's, what's the deal? So I started to read. I, back then, I was very intellectual. I know it seems kind of... I'm ta- uh, you know, we're not there yet anymore. But anyway, back then I needed everything to make sense. So I just read a ton of books for like a year. And by the end, I was like, what happened was I met the living God. And it's irrefutable for me. This is not an argument. This is not a choice. This is a, there is one. And he all of a sudden made himself evident to me. And I have a choice to make. So for some of you guys, that could be a choice you make today. It might not be today or this moment, but I'm letting you know that there is this guy that's very interested in knowing who you are. He is someone that you can relate to. It's not just another religion. This is an invitation to meet somebody who has a way of shaking things up and making things better. So if that's interesting to you, there's going to be some people up here. And I remember after I decided, I said, okay, I really, really believe that this is real now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow. So just because you, you realize now that it's real doesn't mean that you gave your life to actually following that way. There's a process of being like, okay, now that I recognize that you're real, do I actually believe you're good? And do I want to actually spend my life following you? And that's really the process of the rest of our journey with him. But all of that requires the belief that he's real. In Hebrews 11, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. There's this kind of chicken and egg thing with getting to know the Lord. He draws you, but you also need him to draw you to be drawn. I don't know how that works. Just start asking. <laughs> um, and, and today, honestly, it's not an exercise here. I think my, my heart is that for those of you who have encountered him and maybe for those of you who might be interested, that it whets your appetite, appetite enough to be like, man, I want to know a little more. I want my experience with him to go to the next level. 
That's what hunger is, really. Like, all you can say is, here's the steak. You can't make someone want to eat the steak. Or for vegetarians, here's the tofu. Right? Or asparagus, whatever. <laughs> White asparagus covered in... No, I'm just kidding. Um, but here's the thing, right? Here's the cheesecake, whatnot. Here, here it is, and this is what it tastes like. This is what it's like. I'm letting you guys know that there really is a guy. We, who those of us who have decided to give our lives to following him, have encountered him to some measure. But... There is way more measure than we have even begun to touch for every single one of us. Do you want that? Do you want that to increase in measure? When you get to see him one day, as we all are, where are we going to stand? Are we going to be like, yes, you look like a better, more full version of the guy that I was walking with? Or did I not know anything about you? <laughs> and the invitation is, I feel like for those of us who have that thing, we're like, man, I really want to be someone who knows what his presence feels like. Like, it doesn't matter what church I go into, but he's here. You long for it. You set your internal life clock by it. Nobody else's opinion matters. What you long for is, Daddy, Daddy, do you like what I did? Our kids are always, Daddy, Mommy, look, look, look. And this isn't to earn our love, but because everything in us just wants him to be like, wow, I'm so proud that the thing in you is driven by this thought that when I see him, he's going to say, well done. That's what I want us to be. Everything in us lives to hear him say, well done. Well done. You knew me, and you did so well. That's what I live for. And that doesn't come for free. His love comes for free, but that well done is based on stewardship. It's based on a lifestyle of gratitude like Ryan preached about. It's based on a lifestyle of continuing to ask and meditate on the idea that he is good and continuing to ask him to show himself in greater measure. Growing in the favor of God requires diligence, pursuit, stewardship, and faithfulness. It's not... Uh, a slight on anyone if that's not what you're looking for but I just hope that some people in this room after this are stoked a little bit more to be like man I want to be a little bit more hungry when I come here on a Sunday I'm not just clocking my time in I'm with and I want to be with other people who love Jesus that much and pursue and, and challenge me to want to grow with him like that. I want to be sharpened by those other people who love him like that. I want to be in the company of people who love him. I want to be someone who loves him like that. Teach me how, Jesus. I believe that there's more. And so I'd love to just invite the worship team up. 
And um, for that to be just the prayer and the cry in our heart on this Pentecost Sunday. There's this story, this children's story called The Emperor Has New Clothes. Huh? The Emperor's New Robe, right. And there's this emperor, and he's walking around. And he's not wearing anything, but someone told him that he's wearing something that's really nice, and he's just walking around, and every, no one says anything to him. And they're like, yeah, he's got a new robe, he's got some new clothes, it's looking awesome. Everyone's like, I don't see it, though. Until there's this kid who goes, why is he not wearing anything, mommy? And I feel like that's what the world has told us. It's like, this is how you, per you, you solve a problem. You think through it till your head hurts. You have lots and lots of debates about it. You read lots and lots of books. You just do all these things. You go to all these meetings. You just keep, you, when you get sick, you just buy medicine, which is fine, again. You know, but there's nothing more. And what I believe is that there's a truth that Jesus, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit is actually way more available and is able to solve most of those things in a way far more powerfully than what the world has told us that can solve it. And so I just love to call those of us who want to just grow to the next place with the Lord today, just to stand up. Yeah, and we'll just put your hand on your heart. And I'll just pray. Holy God, increase our level of faith. We repent for the ways that we've limited you. And we just say that we want to ask for more, Lord. Where you would be more real than the person sitting next to us. The places where there are limitations and offenses and things that have limited you, Lord, I pray that you would come and minister and take those away. We give those to you right now. And we ask you that you would just come, increase our hunger for you. We're not twisting your arm. We won't harbor bitterness if you don't do it the way we think. But we just ask for more. May we bless you with our worship. May we bless you with our walk. May we bless you with the ways we go to school and work. Would you increase all of those things, every place where there's faith in our heart, would you increase them, Lord? We want more of you, Lord. And just continue and just worship and love on him. And if, uh, yeah, hold on. I just want to pray over you guys. I want to pray over you guys as well. Um, uh, 
Lord, I have a lot to say. Um, thank you that we can actually fall more in love with you, God. Like love, there, like it do, there doesn't have to be a ceiling. There really doesn't. And I, it's been a long time since I've been in love, but what I remember <laughs> is that doesn't, don't they say love makes you do crazy things? Some of you guys know, right, the married people, people who are dating and stuff, like, you feel like you kind of lost it. I remember when Suki started dating Ryan, I was like, what happened to her? <laughs> because it's true. Like, she was so put together, and I had never seen her in love. I had never seen her in love. And then she meets this guy, Ryan, and I'm like, what happened to my best friend? <laughs> because love makes you do crazy things, right? And you, you kind of lose control. And so what I actually want to pray is like almost a grace to, to let go. Yeah, Lord, I, I know it can sound scary in our minds because we so often want to control even our interaction with you. Like it needs to be neat in a certain way. You know, we've got this much time on a Sunday and worship for this many songs. And I understand that there needs to be order and all that stuff because you're a God of order. But we... But Lord, like, we want you to be you. And we want to know you for you on this side of heaven, God. I don't want to get to heaven and be like, oh, I, who, what? Who are you exactly? And so, Lord, I pray for all of us, God, a grace to let go. And Lord, if, if we're at that place, because I, I used to be in this place where I would look at people like Suki and Ryan and be like, man, they really love God, but I don't think I love God, to be honest. But you can increase, like Suki was saying, in hunger and in love. And so, God, I pray if we're in that place where, where we're not even sure if we want to go there, like we want to want to go there, if we're there, then, Lord, I pray, help us. I ask you to help us to want to want to go there, to cause us to fall even more in love with you, Lord, to love you simply for you, Jesus, just for you just for you, Jesus. Yeah. Um, and if you want prayer, if you want people to agree with you or to, to pray, or you want experience that, or if you need prayer for anything else, there are going to be altar ministers on either side. Um, yeah.